This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. So we're going to jump over now, and we will talk a little AEW. Revolution happened. Um... Sunday night all the way till midnight because that's what you do, right? You put on a show and you run it till midnight. And and I'll tell you this right now, I did not spend $50 on the pay-per-view. I will not spend $50 on another AEW pay-per-view. Um, let's see here. I thought Revolution wouldn't be good because like you said, uh, Jason Dow uh has to get better with the lead-up stories for Revolution. Feels the less the pay-per-view. Yeah, it feels like a lesser pay-per-view, but also it, it's about the storytelling. And that, that whole show, Revolution, and by the way, great in-ring pay-per-view. Uh, I, got, I got my own personal issues with some of the stuff that happened and the way stuff happened. But I thought, you know, what I saw of it, it, it performed and it, and it did well with, with what they were trying to do. But in general, with what you're saying, Jason, is that I, I think the they do too much long storytelling with their main events. They try to throw little nuggets in there for you to catch, and then you know, and and where it goes, and and things like that. Um, you know, the Jungle Boy Christian Cage that thing's been going on. It feels like for a damn year or maybe longer because of injuries. I get it. And things like that. Hopefully that's over now. We'll see. Um, Moxley and, and page, I thought, um, ended well. The problem I got with the, with the whole thing is that it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Watching Moxley bleed. It's like, it's like now when Moxley bleeds, it's like watching Ray Mysterio come to the ring with a mask. I'm used to seeing it. Moxie's just cut his forehead in the back and come out bleeding. Because to me now, it just means nothing getting the blood. Now, the blood they got in the main event, I thought was pretty good storytelling. Now, MJF, did he have to gush from, uh, you know, the headbutt and all that? Probably not. But, but I thought, you know, again, when you're looking at them and, and you're, you're doing – you're doing that match, 60-minute Iron Man match. And and they really did not slow down a lot. They didn't slow down a lot. They they slowed it down at times when they needed to. And then it built back up and, and things like that. They did what you had to do in an Iron Man match. I thought the Iron Man match delivered. I thought little... I'm not sure why they kept Daniel Bryan so strong. As far as why, what I mean is they tie and then, you know, MJF doesn't beat it beats him because he hits him with the, uh, the oxygen tank in there. Why, why are they keeping them strong? Are they going to, are they going to run this back? You know, when you do Ironman matches and things like that, I don't believe those matches should start the feuds. Those are more matches to end the feud, you know, when Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, at WrestleMania, you, you know, yeah, it kept the rivalry going, 
The rivalry kept going because the two hated each other behind the scenes. But why did you have to, you know, have Daniel get laid out by an oxygen tank to, to win? And then as soon as, you know, that's done, you know, it cuts off. And again, it goes back to also where fans were like, oh, CM Punk's coming out, CM Punk's coming out. And then when it doesn't happen, then everybody's like, oh, AEW, did, they did it to us again. They didn't bring them back when they should have. They never said CM Punk was coming back. Fans get themselves so riled up, and then they think, oh, here's the chance. Here's the opportunity for it to happen. And and it's just like they build themselves up to be full. And then especially with FTR showing up, then everybody was like, oh, that's it. If FTR is here, oh, they're going to bring, you know, CM Punk in. And it's just like fans build themselves up for more heartbreak than everything. But I do believe that they need to get more solid booking in the middle of the card. And by that, I mean, you know, powerhouse Hobbs. I think he needs to be, he needs to get a push. Now, the other thing goes with Wardlow winning last night. Powerhouse Hobbs is getting a match on Wednesday. Wardlow ran through Samoa Joe and now loses to powerhouse Hobbs. You know, and then the way he won the thing, you know, you've got 27 ladders outside the ring. Throw that ladder down, go get one, and, and march your ass up the ladder. Don't have five referees trying to hold the ladder. I, I thought it took away a little bit from there. It's like, you know, it's like it's one of those things where I get the ladders broke, then you've got more ladders out there. You know, there, there's small little things with a and WWE too, man. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here in ring performance, performer by performer. Both companies to me kick ass, man. I can't you can't sit there and go, no, oh, that guy don't belong here. No. But a lot of it for me, and, and again, I've I've said it all the time. I, I I look at it as storytelling, man. And and I just in some of the AEW stories, and maybe it's my fault too, because I look at it and go, hmm. I probably would have done this instead of that. And ultimately I get it. They were trying to set up for FTR versus the guns, but I ultimately would have, I would have flipped daddy ass and I get it. Merchandise sales are through the roof. We can't, we can't lose that cash cow, but it would have made more sense to me. I believe long-term if you would have flipped Billy Gunn on the acclaimed and put him with the guns and then, you know, he could have been that, you know, the Billy Gunn DX type character and, and given some insight to the guns. Because to me, the guns have no damn reason to be in the ring with FTR. They're not on the same level yet, man. The guns, the guns can go. I get that. But they're not on the level FTR. The Young Bucks, they're not on that level. And then the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega dropped the trio's title. Why? Because Tony Khan's been hearing everybody talk about AEW tag team division kind of sucks now. And he was like, oh, doo -doo -doo -doo. FTR, let's come back at Revolution. Bucks, you're going to drop the titles because I guarantee you now you're going to see a small increase in the tag team matches you're probably going to see on Dynamite and your Dark and Elevations and all that because ultimately – that's what they're going to have to get back to because their strengths used to be the tag team division 
in the women's division. And both of those kind of going down a little bit, although Hayter, I think, is probably, you know, great as a champion. It's them working the rest of it now with Ruby Soho changing and being with, you know, Soraya and uh, Tony Storm. Does that help that group be more heelish? I mean, I, I do like what you're saying, Frankie, with, with Ruby Soho turning heel. I think her character is a heel character. The look, the demeanor, she just looks to me to be more evil than trying to be a, a fan, you know, like a baby face. And like, hey, how you guys doing? Hey, no, nothing about you says, you know, hug me. It says, I'm going to kick your ass. That's the way I look at there. Um, let's see here. Uh, MJF throwing the drink on that kid was classic. Yeah. And, and the funny thing about it is some people I think thought he was a plant and nobody can confirm or deny anything, but he got very upset. Amanda Huber, who's in community relations with AEW went out, uh, Will Washington, who is a uh, journalist, uh, went and bought foam finger for him. And, and they, they, he did go get to go backstage and meet his favorite wrestler powerhouse Hobbs. So they, um, they, they kind of, you know, you know, sewed it over a little bit, I guess, if if you, you know, if you want to believe the stories there, um, there was talk that there wasn't water in that bottle. It was a, uh, I'm sure we've all done it before. You sneak some, uh, clear liquid into a show and, um, that, um, that might've been part of the issue there, but again, it's, it's what he does all the time. He always throws drinks in, in the faces. You you've watched what he does. That's, that's his heel move. He grabs a drink, he throws it in the face, grabs water, throws it. That's what he does, you know? So, Hey, ultimately, Hey, the kid got, and I think he got free tickets to the dynamite. So that might tell you how good dynamite's doing, uh, selling tickets. Um, said, I do feel the, the match between MJF and Brian lasted a little too long. Best match was Moxley and Hangman. All right, Frank, I'm going to ask you this. Why was Moxley and Hangman the best match? Because the mat turned brown from all the blood that was laying over there? Is, is that where is that is that why it was the um the best match? Um I think AEW needs a strong promo guy. MJF is okay, but sometimes only. Yeah, but also I I think the other thing, and and, and who was it that said this? I believe it was Kurt Angle, I read, had said that he thought WWE was more organized than what AEW is. Because, again, remember, AEW does give these guys flexibility. They give them talking points, and they can go out there and and kind of, you know, free flow, which is good for some. Don't get me wrong. It allows you to be your character. But the reason WWE doesn't allow that is because they know next week already kind of what are they have an idea of where they want this to end. And if you're going out there and you go into business for yourself and you cut a promo and it goes different direction, now what? Everything has to change. That's why WWE keeps it so, you know, organized. But hey, basically, hey, here's your script. Uh, Sean, do you think Shawn Michaels is setting up Breaker to 
take full operations for dynamite. I have to, I'm recording uh, right now. Um, NXT. I have not watched it yet because I'm doing this show. And then I got in from the better half's birthday dinner. Um, Sean, do you think, Oh, okay. I think you just rewrote that again. Okay. I'll have to have to look at that Anthony man, but again, NXT has gotten a little bit better to me, but I think a lot of those guys are going to be leaving. I think you're Carmelo Hayes, Cameron Grimes, Ron Breaker, I guess, will be the champion. I don't, again, I thought they could have made NXT a traveling brand as well. I don't know if that's in the cards or what WWE wants to do. And if it's not, then they need to push, they need to flow the talent up. You can't keep Carmelo Hayes in NXT and, and kind of waste him away. You know, Cameron Grimes, same thing. Braun Breaker, you know, you got some guys down there that, you know, to me should be up. You know, Roderick Strong, wherever he's at now. I don't even know what the situation is with him. Um, Big Nick, South Florida Accountability says, Buddy Matthews and Chad Gables, most underrated wrestlers out there. Yeah. I would do that. And then Dolph Ziggler, too. I know he's he's gotten his push. I know he's doing all that, but he goes out there and he makes others look better. And and that is a it's a blessing and a curse because a lot of those guys that can wrestle with anybody, your buddy Matthews, your Chad Gables, usually don't get pushed to the top because they're good hands. They can work with anybody. You can put them anywhere. They don't need to be a champion, at least in the eyes of the I look back and I look at um, when I watch wrestling, Brad Armstrong, you know, uh, Scott McGee, those guys would win like the Florida championship, you know, the Florida like Southern States title and everything like that. But they were not the, they weren't pushed above that because they were the, they, they were the good hands. They were, they were the guys, you know, like what the intercontinental title used to be, right? Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart. Those were the guys that could wrestle 30, 45 minutes because then Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior can run out there for five minutes and, and everybody goes home happy. You know, so that's that's where I think sometimes when you look at the underrated wrestlers is that they're not they're not necessarily underrated, just they're so damn good that. They get overlooked, man. And, and, and you can call it underrated. I, I call it overlooked. Because I, I think, you know, if Buddy Matthews is 6'4", is 6'5", six, six, he's sitting where Roman is right now probably. You know, possibly same thing with Chad Gable. The size does matter, man. It does, unfortunately. I know now they're a lot more forgiving and they put the titles on those guys, whereas back in the day, Intercontinental title was the best you could do. Uh, Sean, does the elite get an immediate rematch for the trios titles? I don't know because I saw Kenny Omega. He says time uh, focus. Uh, now I'm focused is what he said. And it was just him and Don Callis. So I don't know if he's going to go back and be, um, you know, you know, um, singles competitor or what he's doing. And again, remember, man, one thing that I love right now is that a lot of contracts are coming up in AEW. And there's a lot of BS going on. A lot of BS. Of, oh, you know what? Oh, oh, 
Omega? Could he go to go to WWE? Will Omega go to WWE? Omega goes on podcasts and is like, you know, yeah, I, I got friends there and I could see myself there. To, to me, I, I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. But I can tell you now, if another high level, to me, if another high level, like your Kenny Omega's uh, Young Bucks, um, if Moxley goes back, Jericho said he's never going back, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Moxley will probably never go back either, so that's probably a bad, bad that Rusev, if Rusev goes, to me, I believe that's going to be a bad look, man. And then again, I get it. I know wrestlers leave all the time. But these are guys that left WWE, went to your company, and now said, you know what? Yeah, this is a little bit better. Whether it be money or, or you know, or maybe uh, creativity. You know, you get the big machine behind you in WWE, they could push you to the moon. Remember, I mean, Cody's making $3 million a year. So, you know, uh, Don Kyle's going to work with Takashita. Yeah. And that's another one, man. I, that's going to be interesting to see what they do with him as well. Because what he did with MJF was, was I think that just showed what, that's, that just showed what he could do. But then it also, too, showed how good MJF was. And, and look, you can say what you want about MJF. Sometimes he goes overboard on his promos and this and that. He can go, man. He knows how to go. And the, the one thing about him is he also knows when to save it. He's not going to blow it all in one match. Why? Why, why am I going to do everything in one match for what? Watch me grow. Watch, watch the, you know, the entering performance grow. And, I, and, and you can't take that away from MJF. You can't. And he also came out and he told, he said, uh, you know, at the end of, in the beginning of 2024, he can't wait to see his friends in WWE. You know, and again, a lot of this is just, you know, just, just BS talk. So they get everybody talking about it. Um, even though his English is not great, he can be big. I believe so. I believe so. He could be something AEW. I don't know that he, you know, again, they have to figure out too their hierarchy. That that's the one thing too where I feel like, you know, like like with with Jericho, Jericho understands and he's been putting over your, you know, um, Action Andretti's, and and your guy. He put over Ricky Starks at the pay per view. He understands his role. His role is to be that guy to to make people hate you and then to elevate the younger talent. That that's where he's at right now in his career. And then he'll get in the Jericho Appreciating Society. They'll help him win a couple matches here and there so that it keeps him up as well. But he understands that he's there to, you know, watch over these young guys and to elevate them into being, you know, the best that they can be. And you watch him week in and week out. That's why he's doing the rampage also. And I just... You know, I think they need to figure out too what what their hierarchy is. Who's their who are their main eventers? Who's their mid carters? Who's the opening matches and dark matches? I get it. You don't want to put it that way, but I think in a dark room, 
Tony Khan and his whatever creative team, they need to go through and figure out, okay, this, this, this. These are the guys we need to push. These are the guys we'll put a little bit behind. And these are the guys we just kind of let flake around. But I think they're, they're trying to do too much with too much talent right now, not enough TV time. And we talked about that before. 